Hey, ladies, and welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. And this is a show for Christian women of all ages and all backgrounds. And it is also an honest podcasting show because um, I'm holding my baby right now as we record this podcast. <laughs> so if you hear any um, burping, that is definitely not me. And that is absolutely my kid. <laughs> it's absolutely my son. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, you guys, we are going to continue our series on relationships and specifically on marriage. Last episode, we had our awesome guest, Carrie Taylor, with us talking about what it truly means to date your spouse. And we are so honored and excited to have her back with us today um, for our topic. So, Kat, do you want to introduce today's topic? Yes. Oh, my goodness, guys. Okay. So, Today's topic is on spiritual intimacy, something that is absolutely crucial for every single marriage. Yes, this is going to be a very challenging episode, I suspect. And just to kind of put this out there, that the definition of intimacy is knowing and being known. And this is the heart of a marriage relationship. Yeah, this is a big topic because within marriage, this includes every aspect of our lives, like physical intimacy, as well as intimacy, mentally, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. As you pointed out in last episode, marriage is absolutely a covenant. And we see many passages throughout scripture that talk about a man and a woman becoming one flesh. And we can take that in a physical sense, they become one flesh, but we can also take it in a spiritual sense too, that becoming one flesh mm -hmm. and joining through spiritual intimacy. Yes. Yes. And so, like I said, we have Carrie Taylor back with us today. Um, I'm just going to recap real quickly in case you missed our last episode who Carrie is. Um, she's a licensed professional counselor and supervisor, and she is the director, the executive director of Cornerstone of Hope in Lima, which she started in 2014. And she just has such a passion for, uh, for people and for spreading just hope to the world, to the community, everybody she meets, like she is just a joy. And we're just so honored to have her. Carrie's accomplished so much in her career. And like I said, if you haven't already listened to our first episode with Carrie, um, but it again, was we're just, amazing. We're just so <laughs> glad to have her back. So Carrie, welcome back. Thank you, ladies. You guys are very humbling to listen to. Thank <laughs> <Like, Hello>. you. <laughs> it's so fun to be with you. One of the reasons, I mean, obviously there's so many reasons we wanted you on um, our show, but specifically I thought of you for this topic because this was one that you had just spoken about, right? At a marriage conference. That's right. On, yeah. On spiritual intimacy. So I thought, oh my gosh, who better to have on <laughs> than Carrie? So let's dive into this. So what does it mean? to be spiritually intimate with your spouse? That is a great question. I think that's an intimidating question to a lot of people, right? Because they think, oh my, what does that even mean? Are we doing that? What, do, what, what, how, what does that have to happen for us to do that? And if I could boil it down, I would say that having spiritual intimacy with your spouse is inviting each other into the spiritual ponderings of your heart. We were made a spiritual being. So that's why um, when you guys were introducing this, that marriage includes every aspect of our lives, right? We are a whole being. God created us that way. So we can't pull out the spiritual from being part of our marriage, right? Because God made us as a whole being. 
And so just as we invite our spouse into physical intimacy or, or emotional intimacy or relational and social intimacy, we invite them into spiritual, the spiritual ponderings of our heart as well. Hmm. That's good. I like that definition. Just that aspect of inviting, like just that word. I think that's a great word and a great way to frame it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in I think that is the model that God has always set up. He's always inviting, right? I'm inviting you into covenant. I'm inviting you into relationship with me. I'm inviting you to read my word and actually live it out and find me faithful, right? He's always inviting. And so when any type of intimacy with our spouse in any of those realms, it's always needs to be an invitation, not forced, right? Nothing that is um, demanded. And so I think we have to be careful with that. Sometimes I hear couples say, well, they need to be the spiritual leader, almost like a demand, you know, instead (laughs) of, that's a lot of pressure to put on there. Um, You know, instead of actually, I really want them to know me and the spiritual ponderings that I have in my heart. And that might mean the things I don't understand, right? The things that are puzzling me about God's word or about him Um, or the times it's really hard to trust him. And being able to share those things with each other, to have that trust that I can share those with you and you're not going to freak out on me. I remember when my husband and I were dating and, uh, well, no, actually, I think it was earlier in marriage. And I thought, all right, Lord, I am so happy. I've got this strong spiritual leader. And the Lord had to really challenge me. And he's like, Carrie, what are you saying when you say, I want the spiritual leader? And I was like, well, I want somebody who's got their faith down. Like they, they got this down, they know what they're doing. And, um, and basically they're just, they're, they always get it right. <laughs> um, because then, you know, they're perfect. And that is the Lord just very quickly was like, um, Carrie, that is not, <laughs> that is not the intimacy I'm calling you and Bradley to, you know, it's intimacy because that's impossible for him. Right. Like he's human. And the Lord just really had to show me, Carrie, to have a spiritually intimate relationship with your husband means sometimes he's going to struggle with me, right? Sometimes he's going to, he's going to wrestle with why, why am I leading in a certain way? Or why am I not, you know, why am I not doing this? Or why, why does my word say this? And how does he reconcile that? And that opened up just a whole new way of conversing with my husband because it was like, oh my goodness. So he doesn't have to have all the answers. He doesn't have to have this all figured out. This is a this is an invitation to a conversation between us where we're allowed to be where we are, but to listen to each other and to um, be invited into those ponderings with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And thank you for sharing that personal example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good place to start too, just when we start to think about this, like, okay, what what is an appropriate expectation, you know, of our spouse when it comes to spiritual leadership and kind of how we talked in our last episode about sometimes redefining how we think about things. And this is definitely one of those categories, I think. That's a really awesome point, Carrie. You know, I write a lot about dating and marriage on my blog. And I guess this was a point I had never considered before. You know, we read a lot in scripture that men are to be the spiritual heads of their house. And I guess I had never considered like, hey, you know, this might be a point in which my husband or my future spouse might struggle with and it it can be very intimidating to them. So I just love that you brought that up. It's so good. Absolutely. It is. 
Yeah. And I think this aspect of marriage, you know, for Christian couples, the spiritual intimacy, even if both in the marriage are Christians, I think this is one of the harder ways for couples to be intimate with one another. Why do you think that is? Or like, what might be some of the barriers to this in our marriages? Absolutely. That, Nicole, that's such a great question. And I think that's a question that is not getting asked right? It's not addressed in the church very, very openly. If we think, well, yeah, they're just, they're Christians. It's fine, <laughs> right? They're good. They got that. <laughs> um, but a lot of people um, either grew up with a discomfort or they're newer to the faith. And so some people, when you are, are saying we're going to be spiritually intimate, that sounds terribly intimidating, right? Because they have this belief that that means I need to have studied every page of God's word and have all of the, like, all the depths of it understood and be able to explain it and sound like I really know what I'm talking about. My prayers need to be super eloquent, you know, and this, it it just sounds so intimidating. And so I think honestly that we have a lot of couples who both know Jesus, but because they're, they have this um, sense of insecurity or, or discomfort with what they don't understand about God's word or what they don't know how to do that, that, um, or they're not comfortable praying out loud or for each other, that that causes um, some strain in that. So it just isn't brought up. The other piece that is actually more concerning than that is how often people now go to books, which I love books. I think they're wonderful. I'm reading all the time, but a lot of times we go to a book to get um, just information and we not, we don't go to God's word and that breaks my heart. You know, that, that individuals aren't, aren't turning to God's word to say, what does his word say? And sometimes books direct us that way. And that's wonderful. But because we've put off knowing God ourselves and being known by him in, in his word, which I'll talk about that in a little bit here. I do think that that has then been like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how to bring this. I don't even know what to talk about when it comes to spiritual intimacy. So I think that those are some of the barriers that we're facing. Oh, yes. All that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like with spiritual intimacy, um, maybe a possible barrier is that it requires us to be vulnerable. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is not something we all love. No, no. Right. And it, it, for some reason, it feels like, man, when you're asking me to be vulnerable about my faith, boy, that just, that's deep in me, right? That's a deep seated part of who I am. And rightly so, because what we believe it, I mean, that directly impacts how we live. And how we think about things, how we view things, how we process, how we react to things. And so it's an integral part of who we are. Um, And so, yes, when we start to talk about those things, it does kind of overflow into, well, if I say this, what does that mean in all the areas of my life? Which can be an awesome curiosity. You know, I think if we can think of it as, I'm just curious. What do you think about this? Not, I'm not going to judge it. I don't think you have to have it figured out, but I'm... What, what if we could become curious about, about faith together, right? About God's word together, about um, our questions. What if, what if we had permission to just be curious together? I think you're right. Like getting curious and asking those questions is super important because with marriage, you know, we are on a journey together, but we're also on a spiritual journey together. Yeah. And to not 
assume that means your spouse is faltering spiritually, right? Like I think just giving permission to ask questions and to think through things because I mean, God's word is not meant to be read in isolation, right? His word was meant to be read in community, to be understood together. So we need each other to process it all through. Um, we need different perspectives. I remember when we first got married, my husband and I tried to read the Bible together. And I was like, you're reading it wrong. <laughs> you're reading it wrong. Like we just could he is, um, he is so good at reading God's word and seeing what is the context in which it's written? What, it, what is happening? Why is this being said? Why, what does that mean? And I read for application, like, well, what are the nuggets? Let's pull them out. Let's apply. <laughs> and and he, it's not that he doesn't do the application part, but he understands the depths. And I've learned to appreciate so deeply how he reads God's word. Um, and it makes our conversations richer because he can help me understand, Carrie, here's a little bit about what's going on, why this was said. And then I'm able to say, oh, and do you see how that plays into our everyday lives? And then it just becomes this amazing richness. But we read God's word different and that's okay. That is so good and so, so true. Like when you guys do your Bible studies together, you're able to walk away with a fuller, deeper picture of just the spiritual truth that God has in his word for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, like, it's almost like it's easier to talk about theology Mm -hmm. than it is to share like, okay, this is what I've really been praying about, or this is what, you know, God's put on my heart. Like, mm-hmm. I'm probably not as good about sharing those kinds of things, but if you want to talk about, you know, or like sure. a specific doctrine or like a story of the Bible or like, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, I think I'm, yeah, I, so mm-hmm. I, I need to work on the other part, huh? <laughs> no, well, not necessarily. I mean, it, those things our doctrine, our theology, what we believe becomes the lens through which we read scripture, right? Through which we view our life. And so talking about doctrine and theology is very important. I think it's just being able to get under it to what does that mean in our everyday life? We, a lot of, um, times in the church, we are very quick to talk about, here's what I believe. Here's our theology, but we don't really play that out. Well, if that's the case, what does that mean for our marriage? If that's the case, what does that mean when someone is sick and we pray and they don't get healed, right? Like mm-hmm. if that's the place and that's how you go deeper, right? Where you, you play it out. If this is my theology, and I believe this, that's great. But what does that mean in my everyday life? And so I think, I, Nicole, you're not wrong. That's great to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. But there are ways we press that further and can, can look a little bit deeper into, boy, what does that actually mean? If I say I believe that. What is, what needs to change in me? This is a, an area that I know Dustin and I have been growing in together and, um, individually on this faith journey, this spiritual journey. And I really feel like when couples take the time to really develop spiritual intimacy with each other, you know, they are going to a deeper level in their relationship, a deeper connection, Mm -hmm. Um, then perhaps some of the other ways. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, let me say one thing here because I I want, uh, my husband and I often, when we speak with couples, we really, um, we share this because this is important. I remember at the beginning of our marriage, we tried to do Bible study together often. And that honestly became a hindrance 
And let me explain. So we were studying God's word, which is not wrong together. Remember he read it wrong and I read it wrong. We had to learn all that. But, um, but what we started to realize is that if that was all we did was just do it together, we were missing some of the deep intimacy with God individually to hear his voice speak deep into our hearts. Um, because, you know, when you're somebody else is there, it's kind of like, oh, well, Lord, we're not going to talk about that right now, you know? <laughs> and so what Bradley and I realized is we both have to have our individual time with him. That is so crucial because I can't tell you how many things God has refined in me that have benefited our marriage because he needed to speak directly to my heart. Um, And so Bradley and I make that a practice to have our own individual time with the Lord. But then as we're having, you know, conversations together, often something will come up. Hey, I was reading this the other day you know, in, uh, in Matthew, what do you think that means? You know, or what is this, what is your take on that? And so that's when we connect, you know, and we, as a family right now, we're, um, we're reading through Proverbs. We're doing a proverb a day. And so we, um, on Tuesday nights, we really break it down with our boys and just say, Hey guys, what are you reading? What sounds, what's standing out to you? And of course, Brad brings context in and I bring application and it's great, you know, um, But I I just, I say that because I think sometimes couples get really caught up and I have them ask me a lot, what's the couple's devotion we need? What do we need? What do we need? And I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know that you need the, the specific devotional, not that those are bad and they can direct your time. But if that's all you're doing is saying, I'm depending on this time with my spouse to completely govern my spiritual growth, I think that's that's going to actually deter us from growing. So we have to grow individually and connect together with God's word. And I can share some about how to do that here in a little bit. Does that all make sense? Yeah. And that is awesome because I think that was one of our questions too, is like, okay, what are some of those practical steps that we can take in our marriage to develop that spiritual intimacy with our spouse? Absolutely. So let me, let me share a couple different ways to do this. And um, we, we've done this with couples here in the office. Um, I've done it at a date night with couples. We did it at the marriage retreat. And man, the response has been just very, very positive. So let's start with, um, let's start with prayer. So, um, Praying together. I know that for some people that just sounds like, are you kidding me? Do we have to pray out loud? And yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) We have to feel uncomfortable a little bit because if until we do something enough, we don't get comfortable with it. Right. And so if it continues to be an excuse, well, I'm uncomfortable, then we never develop that. And so um, it is very hard to remain upset with someone you're praying with. And so this, um, this praying for one another and God's word talks about that praying for one another, like it's all throughout, um, scripture to do that. Um, because it is a safeguard in our marriage. If I am praying for my husband, guess who my mind is on my husband, right? If he's praying for me, guess who's on his mind? I am. And there's not room for someone else. Does that make sense? Like it keeps our minds geared towards each other. And so Um, My husband and I have a, really, it's a daily ritual, if you want to call it that, Um, where at night, when we're in bed, we, he always reaches over and takes my hand and one of us will pray, you know, and it's not long, just a few minutes, 
about the day, about what's coming up, that we know is happening in each other's lives, what um, our family concerns, anything like that. And it, again, it's it's usually short because we're pretty tired, but we <laughs> we're, we land that day, the day together um, in just that coming together before the throne of God, you know, and what a, what a wonderful way to end the day together. Um, and so again, that doesn't have to be long, but I would encourage couples establish a daily time to pray together, whether that's in the morning before you leave, whether it's, um, you know, at night before you go to bed, whatever works in your schedule. And some couples were like, well, we kind of miss each other. So I said, we'll find a time where you can call. When can you connect so that you can actually pray together? Couples that pray together, they, they've done research, and I don't have the exact statistics, but their marriages are often better because they are praying together. Um, now, if I can go a little step further with that, um, when you begin to ask your spouse specific areas that you can be praying for them, I cannot tell you how incredible this conversation is. So there are, there are two books um, by Stormy Omardian and her husband, and it's The Power of a Praying Wife and Power of a Praying Husband. And I would encourage couples to get both of these because in The Power of a Praying Wife, it talks specifically about different topic areas that you can pray for your husband. And for The Power of a Praying Husband, it talks about specific areas that you can be praying for your wife. And I think that is often a hindrance as we're thinking, Lord, just help them help them today. <laughs> Just help them. And so we're not very specific, right? And so then we don't even know if God's answering those prayers. We're not really in tune to what's going on in our spouse's life or how can we really be bringing this area of their life before the Lord. And so when you can look at those books and pull out some topics, like, let me give you some examples. It might be at work. What are three ways I can be praying for you at work? What are three ways I could pray for you as a mom? or as a dad, um, what are three areas of your health that you want me to be praying for? What are, what are three goals you have that I could be praying over? What are three areas that you need rest? How can I be praying for that? What about finances? What are your concerns? How can I be praying for that? What about your family relationships or your fears, your insecurities? When you begin to sit down together and say, how can I be praying for you? And we actually print off a sheet, you know, that you can write on um, your answers. And you ask this of your spouse. I can't, my husband and I sat down to do this once and he's like, that's a great question. I got to think about that one, you know, because we're just <laughs> having these conversations to say, how can I pray for you in your job? And he really thought, and he was like, he was giving me some specifics that some, I didn't even know. I didn't even realize that that was on his mind as a concern. And so when I pray for him, after we did that, I was able to go very specifically to the father on his behalf. And he and I felt much closer after doing this. Because of that, we were risking being vulnerable, being honest and saying, this is, this is something I struggle with in this area. And yeah, I'd love for you to pray with me about that. Um, and so it's a way to know each other better by being, again, inviting each other into those spiritual depths of your heart. So um, establishing a prayer time 
And then asking specific areas. So you want a great date night. That's a great one. You know, just asking each other specific areas. What are three things or one thing in this area that I can be praying over and then commit to do that. And then you can check in with them. Hey, I've been praying about this thing at work. How's it going? Now that's leaning into your spouse, right? That's going back to them and saying, I'm intentional about coming to the father on your behalf. And I just want to check in. How's that going? And so that develops this spiritual intimacy in such a rich way um, through prayer. And let me tell you this too. If it may, for some people praying out loud, it really is difficult. And they feel like if we can't do that, we're doomed, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's not doomed. Um, and I do love the books, the power of praying wife and husband, because they give example prayers. So it's already written for you. Use those prayers until you learn to be able to do it on your own. Um, I also love to look in God's word. There's a lot of prayers that Paul has prayed in the New Testament. Jesus prayed for his disciples. Take those prayers and put your spouse's name in them. Um, and pray those scriptural prayers over them until you start to feel comfortable with the language of prayer. And um, not that prayer has any specific language. It's whatever, you know, it's, it's <laughs> authentically honest before the Lord. But sometimes just learning, oh, that's what it means to do this. So those might be a couple ways to really learn and use some example prayers before, if you're not comfortable coming up with the words on your own. So those are just some examples as far as prayer goes. So, so good. I love the idea of, um, you know, it's okay to plagiarize Paul, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's okay to like take that, I don't know, just those awesome verses and those resources that you mentioned even with the book and use that. Right. That's such a fantastic way to start. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then if we shift to this, this, that looking at God's word together, right? How do you even do that together? Because, because you read God's word different, probably. Um, So one of the ways we did this at a marriage retreat that was so rich um, is using a process called Lectio Divina, which is, I love this about this, this process. It is really, it's letting God's word read you instead of you reading God's word. Mm -hmm. That is a really powerful um, moment because it takes the pressure off of you, right? So I don't have to read this and find the thing. Instead, I'm going to read scripture in such a way that it reads me. It's going to jump out to me. Let me explain what that means. So for couples, we would encourage them to, um, step one would be just get ready, like set your phones aside, get comfortable, take some deep breaths in and out. And one of you just say, God, we invite you to speak during this time. Step two would be to read. So take turns reading a passage. Maybe start with maybe Psalm 23. Maybe it's something that's familiar to you both, but you take turns reading it out loud slowly. So Bradley would read it and then I would read it out loud. Then the third time, you read it quietly to yourself. And by the third time, you're starting to focus in. And then you begin to notice any word or phrase that stands out to you because that's the moment that God's word reads you. It's jumping out to you. I don't know why this phrase is standing out. I don't know why this word is, but it's standing out to me. So you write it down. And then step three would be to just meditate on it. So you take maybe five minutes to sit quietly holding hands. You can sit shoulder to shoulder. You can sit with your legs out, feet touching, or however you want to do that. And and have paper in hand and and individually you're saying, God, what are you saying to me through this word or phrase? And you just stay focused on it and you jot down any thoughts, observations, anything that comes to mind 
Um, and you just jot them down. And then when you're, you're done with that quiet moment, then you share those with each other and you say, well, what did you observe? What questions do you have? What, what realizations came to mind as we had that time? And then step four would be to respond. So that's take a few moments individually, again, to write a prayer to God in response to what he's brought. So it might be, what it, what is, um, how is he inviting you to, to respond to his word? Is he giving you a reminder of who he is or who you are to him? Is he calling you to action? Is he giving you an invitation? Is he refining you? And here's a great question. Is he speaking to you individually or as a couple? Is it something you need to hear from him and respond to? Or is he saying, this is something I need both of you to hear. And when you share those reflections, you sometimes find, boy, that, that I can't believe we both kind of noticed the same thing. Maybe that's something he's speaking to us together about. And then step five would be to give thanks, to hold hands, kneel together, or just hold each other and give thanks to God for speaking um, into you both and into your marriage through his word. And so this is just a really neat way to take the pressure off. I don't, you don't have to have the big um, depths of understanding of God's word when his word is reading you and you're coming up with those concepts and being able to do it with your spouse in a way that really grows um, your, your spiritual intimacy together. I know I've done it like just individually and I guess it had never yeah. crossed my mind to do it with my husband. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I'm going to try this week Absolutely. and I'll have to share with everybody how it goes. Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't think it can go wrong, you know, <laughs> because it's just this, this power of God inviting us in and us inviting each other, you mm -hmm. know, as, as husband and wife into, into the ponderings of your heart. So I know we've released these episodes, guys, um, a week apart, but we've recorded these two episodes together in one day. So Carrie has just given me so much to think about with all of this spiritual intimacy and dating. Like, I feel like I have learned so much from you. Thank you. It's, it's been a, such an honor to be with you and share and to even listen to myself so that I go home <laughs> and make sure that my husband and I maintain these things. So I appreciate that as well. Yeah, I appreciate it so much. And I think both these episodes, it, you've just presented it in such a, a helpful, practical way that it, it makes these seemingly hard topics seem like, okay, this isn't so big and scary. Like this can be simple. It doesn't have to be, you know, yes. this big expectation kind of a thing or whatever we have in our minds that it really can be like simple five minute prayers or 10 minute check-ins with your spouse or asking a really thought provoking question once a day, you know, I love all of this and I just, I know it's going to bless all of our listeners. Oh, well, may that be so, right? I love that God does not try to stress us out. <laughs> That's usually our response, right? Like he he did not he did not set up or invite us into relationship to stress us, right? He wants um, this to be meaningful, and I think when we can understand that He is. He, it's not huge that you have to do all these huge things. You have to do a certain way. You have to do it like this um, to be able to have that deep relationship with him or with your spouse that does take some of that pressure off. And it invites us to actually want to do it. 
you know, I was thinking about the spiritual intimacy and I was, I was just, I was running um, this morning and it came to mind. Um, and it's a verse we've all heard and you hear it at wedding ceremonies so often um, in Ecclesiastes 4.12, well, it talks about the one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves and the cord of three stands is not quickly broken. And I just thought, Lord, that is, that's why you desire spiritual intimacy in marriage because it's inviting him to the center and he says you are not going to be broken if i am there if you are intentional about connecting with each other with me as the center and i i hear often couples say well, we want god to be the center but they often don't do the steps to create him as the center right to allow him to build that strand that's not going to be quickly broken by any outside stressors by any um, temptation by any um, uh, other means that the enemy would try when when we intentionally build spiritual intimacy into our marriage when we intentionally build friendship in when we do the things that god has called us to do he, he becomes that center that allows us to not be broken as a couple. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for that verse. And I love that. I'm going to keep that in my mind for this week. And oh, this has been so good. Thank you again for being on the show. I am so honored to have gotten to meet with you and to talk to you about these topics. Um, I have been just so blessed by you. And I hope that everybody else listening feels the same way. I don't know. I feel like when we take those steps to be vulnerable with our spouse and with our friends and we open ourselves and we're vulnerable to develop the spiritual intimacy, we just walk away with a deeper love and appreciation and connection with that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. But thank you again for being on the show. And I'm going to go ahead and close this out with a Bible verse that you had mentioned earlier and Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken.